we're starting a research project called Learning from the Edges. And Learning from the Edges is all about this problem of the friction in organizations. So where we have something that's great, but it doesn't work. Or where we have a really great idea, but actually our colleagues don't come on board with us about that. The edges between departments, the edges between teams, the edges between all aspects of work, one company to another. Why do we not just have easeful working lives? We really need easeful working lives. The world is stressful enough. We don't need there to be more stress in the world. So I'm going to investigate this friction. We're going to start with a series of, of uh, podcasts. I want to do a working out loud experiment. I love doing experiments. I love kind of, you know, sharing with the world as I'm learning, you're learning. Welcome to the Learning from the Edges podcast. Join the conversation with experts from around the world of L&D, sector specialists, and not forgetting your host and author of the Learning and Development Handbook, Michelle Parry Slater. Be sure to subscribe and join us for each episode as we discuss the issues and ideas that arise from these conversations. Don't forget to use the links in the show notes where you'll be able to join us as we further the discussion on how we can best think about learning from the edges. We're pleased to bring you this episode, which was recorded in front of our live podcast audience, who are celebrating the launch of the Learning and Development Handbook. Being live gave us the opportunity to capture a recording where you can hear the audience as well as their questions, which we'll let you into in a second. But we just want to make special thanks to the Dorchester Collection Academy for providing such a wonderful venue for our first Learning from the Edges event. Thanks to everyone who attended. If you're interested in learning more about the Learning Development Handbook or the Dorchester Collection Academy, then check out the show notes where there'll be links for you to find out more. But without any further delay, let's dive into this episode of Learning from the Edges. Thank you so much. I absolutely can't believe that we're here celebrating the launch of the Learning and Development Handbook. Two years. Oh, thank you. Two years after it was born. So it's now a terrible twos toddler. Who's got children? Oh, yes. You know the phase we're heading into where they've got opinions, where they know what they want to say and they say it very loudly. So I'm really hoping that that's what the book does for its next, uh, you know, next few years, shout very loudly. Now, anyone who knows me, and a lot of you do know me very well, why am I reading from notes? This is actually really emotional. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was like, hmm. I might need to make some notes just to make sure that we actually say what we want to say because there's so many people who've brought this book to fruition. It is not something that just appears. I know a lot of you in the room have written books. Some of you written many books, Mr. Donald Clark at the front here. Um, and it is something that I really thought I'd just kind of sit down, write what I know, get it out there see Anne-Marie smirking <laughs> Kogan Page like yes it's a little bit more tricky than that um, and it is but it is good fun and it is um, it was a journey and actually chapter 14 of the book talks about that journey because it isn't something that you can just start it reminded me that you have to learn it it was a new skill I've done this a thousand times over. I stood up and talked to people. I can do that about anything till the cows come home. But I'd never looked at a blank page before. Anyone done that? 
it's a pretty scary place. Sook, I see you nodding. Well done. <laughs> yes, it is a pretty scary place and I had to learn a new skill. And so like all things learning and development, when you learn a new skill, I got help. And it took me ages to realize I needed it. And that in itself is good learning for us as learning professionals because we would assume when people in your businesses need help, they would come to you and they would ask you because your label is L&D. But actually that, that was the hardest part. To admit that I do not have the writing skills, I can't write down what I know, what I've experienced, that was the hardest part, to ask for help. So I wrote about that in chapter 14, about how we can actually realize we need to learn. And it's been a, an interesting journey needing to do that. So we met, it was Anne-Marie and uh, Roisin will know if anyone needs somebody who's good at copy, she's fabulous. Roisin and I and, uh, and Anne-Marie met in the National Theatre and we talked about why this was a problem for me to write down what I know. And we realized that actually I've got a verbal voice, but I hadn't got a written voice. Um, and so what happened was I recorded what I wanted to say. I sent it to Roisin and she sent it back to me. And I found my written voice. Now she did that. Um, the structure of the book is short reads and long reads because we're busy. Who's busy? Everyone's busy. So I wanted to write a book for busy people. So the short reads are just a sort of a blog length. And then the longer reads, if you're interested, you want to get into more in depth, then that's when you can dive into there. So I, I verbalized, I, I recorded those short reads and I sent them to Roisin and she sent them back to me and I found my written voice. I recognized myself without the, hey, yeah, wow, <laughs> all the funky stuff um, that you just don't need, all the filler words that you just don't need. And um, interestingly enough, once I'd done that exercise a few times with her, I had it. I'd learned the skill. I realized who I was in a written form and away we went. And then I sent it to Kogan Page and they said it's far too long. <laughs> so I obviously learned the skill a little bit too well, didn't I? But um, it, it, was, um, it was an interesting journey to realize, even if you know your stuff inside out. And what it reminds me of is you'll have experts in your organization but how can they teach their expertise to other people? And we can facilitate that. We can help them not be embarrassed to learn. We can help them ask for help and not feel that, you know, how can I know this stuff, but, you know, not teach it. I went to Keele University. Anyone who went there? Oh, yes, Mr. Martin Baker. Give him a shout out at the back. There was a lecturer and he was a professor doctor. I won't name him because I don't want to embarrass him too much, but he was terrible. He was the worst lecturer and everyone would basically go there and fall asleep. But he was so revered in his industry. We couldn't understand why does everyone love his books? Why does everyone love him? You know, we all as students were like, oh, he's just terrible. And he was terrible because he had a written voice, but he did not have a verbal voice. So it works the other way. We need to help our experts to shine within the organizations. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book. So we as learning and development professionals can actually help people in our organizations find their voice and share their voice because we do have the answers. I'm a big believer who comes are the right people and the conversation that you have is the right conversation. So yes, I have stolen that from open space technology from uh, unconferences, but it really does work. Um, so I'm a big believer in that. And I've not checked these notes once so just bear with me while I just flick through and see what I wanted to say <laughs> there is a big pile of shout outs that I want to do and a lot of thank yous um, and I want to start with Amy my daughter 
because Amy did a load of the diagrams that you find in the book. Uh, give a big shout out to Feddy as well. Um, but Feddy and Amy, oh, round of applause for Amy. Thank you. And if any of you have eaten a cake, we'll talk about the cakes and the podcast in a moment, but uh, Amy did that design as well. So yeah, it's a real family affair. And my husband read, proofread the whole thing, uh, very patiently read all of it. Just looked at my mom, don't look at me, mom, you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> It is, um, it is a family situation, it is a family affair, and I was really proud. Oh, I'm going to lose it now. It's all your fault, mother. <laughs> but we are tonight celebrating, and I am really glad that we're in this space now. People might know me and go, this is a bit high-end, Michelle. This isn't where you usually hang out, Mayfair, Berkeley Square. How has this happened? This is not your usual, you know. But what is this all about? Well, thank you, Beth. Thank you to the Dorchester Collection Academy for having us here today. Um, it was a chance conversation, an introduction from Brendan. Brendan was with Scott and it was, you know, that's just how these things happen. That's why we like networking and face-to-face -face stuff because we have these random conversations. And um, it turns out we went to the same sixth form college. How did we even get onto that conversation? No idea. Maybe, but uh, yeah, who knows? Um, but uh, these random chance happenings, um, you know, they're brought for us, aren't they? They're gifts to us. And I actually think there's a lot of synergy in what Beth does here at the Academy and what I advocate for. I advocate for kindness. I advocate for giving. Um, I've been so proud. I see Berenice here from Girl Guiding and we've had Arnica who was here earlier. You know, I advocate for volunteering because volunteering has given me personally so much, so much. And for Beth to volunteer her space today and to talk earlier um, to us in your little introduction about how this space where good things happen, it doesn't matter if you're high net worth or it doesn't matter if you're the man off the street, we've all got something to give to other people. We've all got something that we can share with other people. And that's really why we're here. That's why we're in this space, enjoying the energy. And uh, one of the things I did really want to talk about is how when you get people in a room, you can feel it. And I was out there earlier while we were having our, our drinks and our cakes and I could just feel the love. And I just want to say thank you for that. Um, it, it means a lot to me that you're all here and you know this is this is good energy we're bringing good energy to the space so to the book itself I've mentioned that I wrote the short reads and the long reads I'm not sure at Kogan Page were understanding that at first is that fair to say it was like what is this that she's trying to do what is this thing that's a little bit different but uh the, the book's written for busy people the book's written in parts so you can just pick it up and when Kogan Page, when particularly Lucy said to me, we'd like you to call it the Learning and Development Handbook, I was like, well, hey, no, mm, they're big shoes to fill. Thank you very much. But I understand now, and this is why working with experts really works, because it is a handbook. A handbook is something you pick up, you put down, you look at, you, you, you think, I'm just going to go in and have a stakeholder conversation. What are the top tips? You know, what's the mindset? Um, I've got a set list in each of the chapters, the mindset, the tool set, the skill set. What are the, you know, what's the mindset I need in order to go and have that conversation in the best way it can be? The top tips that are in the book, the, the ideas that, you know, they're not mine. They're all of ours. 
all of you here in the room, all of the people I know, you've all influenced my thinking. You've all reminded me of what good looks like. You've also reminded me of what not so good looks like. And that's helpful because when we do things that don't work, we've got a lot of rich learning in that. So all of the ideas in there, you know, you should say, Michelle, it's original. There are no original ideas. There are no new ideas. There are just reconfigured ideas based on what you've influenced by and what you've experienced. So all of you are in there. Look for yourselves because I really genuinely am inspired by each and every one of you in the room today. The book really, as a concept, is an interesting resource. I'm amazed in a way that books even sell. Because, you know, we've had books since forever. Back in the Victorian day where there was one book and one teacher and we invented classroom because we had one book and one teacher. And now it's 2023 and we've got a billion books and a billion teachers and I'm holding an iPad and in this iPad is everything I would ever want to learn in the whole wide world perhaps. So why do we still sell books? Why do we still write them? Why do we still have books as a medium? There is definitely something tangible there is definitely something about this experience getting people together in a room feeling that energy that I was just talking about and that's what it's like with a book I absolutely love it when my book is presented to me and it's written all over and it's got post-it notes hanging out of it and I'm looking at the smiling faces out here Amy Amy Brown I've got your book it's covered covered in stuff the first book I read on neuroscience and went oh I really get it you know and there's new books coming out all the time I'm going to give a big shout out to my lovely friend over the back Mr David Hayden let's give you a big shout out David so this oh, hot off the press is it even allowed out in public yet Lucy I'm not sure it's adjacent learning by David Hayden and Steve George is coming out this Friday and uh, the newest Kogan page book from the stable and this is all about how we learn outside of our workplace and how we can be influenced by things outside of our workplace which I think is just amazing volunteering being kind to people all of the things that I love so David good luck with your book I'm really proud to know you sir but soon when I have my copy it will look like this you know just battered and lots of uh, for those for those listening it's, I'm holding up my learning and development handbook it looks like it's way more than two years old that's for sure um, you know because we use it all of the time but this is what books are for this is what we we like them for this is why we have them in this world of a digital age there's still something super special about holding paper in your hand turning the corners over because you know you used to do that textbooks at school my kids are here you know you get told off by the teacher but if you have my book scribble all over it pencil all over it color it in you know follow the lines on the maze going to shout out to poppy <laughs> for gary cookson's here in the room and i know that his daughter loves to follow the maze on the front cover so there's definitely something valuable in owning and having a book so i'm really grateful to uh, you know to the fact that it exists in the world it, it, it's a real thing um the final the final chapter of the book, I've mentioned it already briefly, but I call it Hold It Lightly and Celebrate Success. I think in learning and development, we don't do that enough. And so the opportunity to celebrate my book um, today with you is just so special. But I just want to say at the end of the day, it is just learning and development. Many people are going through and have gone through some very tough times, um, particularly over the last few years, but increasingly in other ways as well. And so 
what can we do as a profession? What can we do um, in our organizations to, to make it easeful, to make life less tricky, to make life just that little bit easier for everybody? And that really brings us to the next project. Um, so Hold It Lightly reminds me that you know, it's not, it's not rocket science, it's not brain surgery, you know, people are going through other things. And I've had some beautiful, beautiful messages from people. Your books really helped me, Michelle. I've started a new job and I'm following through the chapters because the first part of the book is all about really setting the stall. It doesn't start with learning solutions. It starts with how do we engage with our stakeholders? Do we know what our strategy is? Do we know what our organization language is? You need to talk the language of your business. And once we've gone through that section, we can then start thinking about solutions. We can then start thinking, what does the learning look like? And so people have been telling me how they've been following along with this. And some people have been saying, but it didn't work. And you're like, okay. I wrote a book that doesn't work. Not so true. They're following the steps uh, and the steps take us through to, you know, creating great learning solutions, but that great learning solution still doesn't land. Why? Why doesn't it land? You know, I know this stuff works because I've worked with clients. The book has got 14 case studies where it works with clients. So I know it works. So it started me down a curiosity thinking about, why doesn't learning land in a business? Why doesn't learning land in um, the voluntary sector, in government sector, in private sector? Why doesn't learning land? And I had great <laughs> conversations with people like Paul sitting here, Paul Taylor-Pitt and Meg Pepin at the back and also Denise Sanderson at the back there. Thank you for coming. About why is this stuff not working? You know, is this OD? Is this the problem? Do we need to be looking at organization development, not just learning development? I don't know much about OD, I do a lot of OD work, but uh, do I really know anything? I will defer to my learned fellows here in the room. And we've had conversations about why is the learning not landing? I thought maybe I would write a second book that sort of says, you know, why does the learning not land? And then I realized actually I don't have all of the answers here. So what we're also launching this evening is a research project. We're starting a research project called Learning from the Edges. And Learning from the Edges is all about this problem of the friction in organizations. So where we have something that's great, but it doesn't work. Or where we have a really great idea, but actually our colleagues don't come on board with us about that. The edges between departments, the edges between teams, the edges between all aspects of work, one company to another. Why do we not just have easeful working lives? We really need easeful working lives. The world is stressful enough. We don't need there to be more stress in the world. So I'm going to investigate this friction. We're going to start with a series of, of uh, podcasts. I want to do a working out loud experiment. I love doing experiments. I love kind of, you know, sharing with the world as I'm learning, you're learning. I really want to make sure that when people read the Learning and Development Handbook, they follow the steps, they go through the, the chapters, they, they look at the frameworks and they take out the bits. There. They're called frameworks, not models. That's deliberate, by the way, because a model feels like you need to follow it. A framework is hang your hat over here, hang your coat over there, take a bit from this, take a bit from that, see what works in your context. Um, 
get to your own sense of celebration. And we want to be celebrating without that friction. So this is the, the double header, if you like, that you're the first people to, to know about the project in, in, um, in real terms. Um, that we're, we're really celebrating the fact that the book has really helped a lot of people. But for those people that, you know, maybe they need that little bit extra. And, uh, and how can we put the book into play? How can we ensure that learning really lands? So I cannot believe how privileged I am to have two fantastic, amazing stalwarts of our world in Laura Overton and Donald Clark to join us on the inaugural podcast of Learning from the Edges. So would you like to take your seats and we will begin um, our first and uh, yeah, amazing conversation. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Learning from the Edges podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, why not consider giving us a rating or review in the podcast player of your choice? And don't forget to use the links in the show notes, which can take you deeper into the conversation. And until next time, take care. Keep thinking about the conversations you can have to help us learn from the edges. Mm -hmm.